the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's the Friday edition. In fact, it's a very special Friday edition. More on that in a moment. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. Whatever's on your heart, you need only to provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. Remember, as always, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Okay, I said this is a special edition. Today we have uh, some of our staff from Malta Medical. Malta Medical is our uh, full family practice doctor's office. Uh, Everything there is free. Um, You get prayed for for free. People ask you about Jesus and share uh, his light with you for free. And, of course, you get medical care as well. And we're going to be able to share uh, through these five guests today sort of what's going on behind the scenes at the uh, clinic. So that's what we're going to do today. I would appreciate today if you keep your questions uh, for the doctors rather than Bible questions and stuff that we normally do. Um, if you have any question about what they're doing, um, I mean, we can't diagnose your issues. So that's not the kind of questions we want. But this is an idea, uh, kind of a picture of what happens when somebody says, okay, Lord, I'm yours. Use me as you will. Sometimes he asks us to do some really, really different things. And such is the case with all of you. Thank you guys for being here today. Good afternoon, Pastor Ron. Why don't you start with introducing yourselves and then we'll, we'll kind of take it from there. My name is Peter, uh, and I'm the medical director. I'm a physician at Malta Medical. My name is Bruce, uh, the clinic manager. The official title is servant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nicole, and I'm the lab director. I'm Sheba. I'm one of the staff physicians there at Malta. I'm Alex. I'm admin specialist. Alex, now you used to be the one that we'd see first when we walked into the door. Yes. Now we see Alan. You were much better to <laughs> come in and talk to you than, than Alan was. Well, I always say Alan has smiling eyes, so that, that I think he that uh, he fits the front desk perfectly. That he does. Well, we just recently celebrated our 10th anniversary of opening the doors. I've shared, uh, Peter, you've been on the show. You and Sheba have been on the show before. And we've shared uh, with the audience, you know, this was a vision that I had a long time ago. And from the time I got the vision till the time we opened the door was 12 years. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're creeping up on actually being open and operating as long as, as it took to prepare for it. 
Uh, what I'd like all of you to do is just and, and be brief, but you don't have to be too brief. Um, share the vision of Multimedical. What are you getting from Multimedical and what do you see? And um, kind of in retrospect, um, maybe a little amazed that God has asked you to do this. Um, how have you been blessed by it? You know, overall, when we when this whole vision began, we really wanted to keep it simple. And that's since the medical community has gotten so complicated, um, the simplicity of just being able to see somebody, to take care of them, to spend the time with them and to pray with them, but also just medically speaking, having them uh, in that room for a little bit and letting them speak, giving us the answers medically. And then, you know, us going back and forth and knowing a little bit more about them than just symptoms and diagnosis, knowing what's going on in their family life. That, I think, is what medicine's supposed to be. That's, that's very different from what's out there, and I, I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, yeah, Peter, before you pass the microphone, we, we, um, we had a, a comment yesterday from somebody who was talking about they get five minutes with their doctor when they have a, a, an appointment. And one of the things that we wanted at the very beginning is for people to actually be able to talk to you and ask questions. I'm sure that's kind of shocking. Yeah, it is. In fact, uh, there was one time where a patient actually said, I got to go. Um, <laughs> usually it's the other way around. You know? That was so, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, because we end up talking and, and, you know, most of it is medical, but then we, we change over into their life and what's going on spiritually as well, which is, which is what completes that person. It's not just symptoms and diagnosis. It's way more than that, that brought them to that place. So I think we're able to do complete care. I don't blame what's out there for the five minute. It's a system is set up to be five minutes. There's a lot of physicians out there that want to go more, but they can't. And uh, I know they want to, um, but that system set up to bring as many people in and out as possible. And there's monetary rewards for that. You know, when I go to the doctor, and I, I, you're, you're, you're my, my doctors, but when I go to a specialist, heart doctor, something else that I've been through, um, I find I, I wait, I have an appointment, and I wait for an hour or more, and then I get to see the doctor for six or seven minutes. Yeah, that's and, a shame. And, and typically, that's, that's the rule. That's not the exception. That's the rule. And, and we want people to know they matter. Yeah. What's the best thing for you, Peter? And then we'll start come back to Bruce and go all the way around. What's the best thing for you about what God's asked you to do at Malta Medical? I've grown more than anything else. I've got to see God's hand. Um, it seems like we're the ones giving, but we're not. We really are the ones receiving a lot. When we see that the patients truly are thankful, and when we pray with them, it's it's far more than just it's far more than medicine. And that to me, that's what makes a human. It's more than just medicine. It's it's beyond that. It's actually who Christ is in them and to find out if Christ is in them mm-hmm. and to be able to get to that. Okay, Bruce, what's the best thing for you about serving at Malta and, and, and what's your overall view of your time here? And you've been here with us from the beginning. I think everybody here has, um, Nicole, you're the newest one. Okay. <laughs> uh, for me, the value over the time really has been, like uh, Dr. Peter has said, personal growth that the yes in faith, uh, although challenging and scary in the initial steps, has been met with solid ground year after year. And so every day it becomes a daily yes and a leaving Bruce behind and grab and hold and whatever the Lord places in front of us, although it is very organized, there are systems in place, for proper quality care uh, and care for people, it, it's still the Lord drives and operates the details of that clinic. Um, recently, even this morning, Bible study was uh, talking about, well, our, our staff starts with Bible study, verse by verse, scripture by scripture, by Pastor Dr. Peter uh, each morning. And as we're going through Luke, the uh, disciples are in the boat, Jesus sleeping, and I think they find themselves thinking that they're in control, that they don't need Jesus for that segment of the trip. And uh, I realize daily it's got to be run by Jesus, every bit of it. And whenever any one of us 
think we're in control or this is my lane, <laughs> and things get difficult. <laughs> and so uh, I, I've just learned that enduring, uh, but patiently saying yes, and uh, that's been an amazing thing over these 10 years. It's the longest I've done any segment or duty and scope in military terms anywhere in my life. And uh, Jesus has met and exceeded any of my ex- expectations. You know, you were, it's just uh, good. your background was Army. Right. And um, I, I remember when we first started talking to you about the clinic, I think one of the fears was, well, I, I don't stay in one place for too long. And uh, to, to see the Lord settle you in here has been great. It's been great for us. We, we actually had just a vision of, of what the clinic would be like. Um, but you're the one who sort of brought organization to it, bringing Peter and Sheba up to see patients, and 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 there there is a system and there is procedure, and and it's a really professional operation. And as the chief administrator, um, that's in large part due to your sacrifices. So thank you for that, Nicole. What about you? Um, I enjoy seeing how the team flows together. Um, it's beautiful that we get to start our morning with Bible study and we pray together as a team. Um, so the flow throughout the clinic over the day is just, it's really nice to see. Um, I get hungry patients <laughs> because they're fasting. So I get to share food <laughs> with people <laughs> and hear what they're craving at the moment. Um, but it's nice to interact with the patients and then see their level of spirituality and be able to share with them what God's done in my life as well. Last time I was there, you withdrew my blood. Mm-hmm. It was like the most painless blood draw ever. Thank you. So oh, I'm, Jesus. I'm, I'm grateful for that as well. <laughs> What's you. the best thing about it for you? Uh, for me, um, like your comment, I get that comment often is that it's a painless experience, which is great. And that's something that I pray for on a daily is that my hands are his hands. Um, but just to be able to know that I'm helping patients in that way to see what's going on with their levels. It's, yeah, it's a great blessing. Very cool. Dr. Shiva. So I think the best thing is just to see just the miracle of God working in our patients' lives. You know, um, in the beginning, (laughs) I remember when you first approached us with your vision for a free clinic, we were trying to reason it out, and we were trying to think, you know, rationally, logically, but how can you run a free clinic on donations? And um, and we thought, and we we would justify, well, Lord, you know, if it's to save one patient and then it shuts down shortly after, well, you go to great lengths for one soul. (laughs) But it was almost like, oh, ye of little faith, you have no idea what I want to do. It was what, what was God was putting on my heart. And here we are 10 years later, and to see uh, the countless amount of people the Lord has saved, yeah. that we get to be, like Bruce said, just servants, just messengers, just giving out the gospel message. It, you know, I, I am still always in awe when people, I see their hearts are soft and ready, and they just say, yes, I, <laughs> I want Jesus. That It's just like, Lord, this is amazing. Thank you that we can be your servants and your messengers. And so definitely that's one of the, the best parts. And and then, of course, I got to see, you know, one miracle over the 10 years. But, of course, miracles are rare in and of itself. But to see that change that God is doing in our patients' lives, that, that God has given us the words of life and truth, and we can share that with others, you know, because um, the other workplace, you know, you couldn't talk about Christianity or anything. And I just felt like uh, half of myself is missing yeah. because to be a Christian, that is who we are. That's who we identify as. And so but the other thing I'm very grateful for, or, um, like Dr. Peter was saying, I, I'm so grateful for the time I get with my patients because in the previous clinic, I, I didn't get that time. And a lot of patients would come back very confused. And so to be able to get a proper history and physical exam and to explain um, thoroughly their diagnosis treatment plans, and then, yes, to um, talk with them, to pray with them, that is the most rewarding thing, uh, I believe. And so I'm just grateful um, to the Lord that, we get to do this, you know, that, um, you know, he delights to use us. And um, I think that's the best part of it. You, you know, a lot, a lot of it is just common kindness. Um, it's it, people, when they go to a doctor, they're not comfortable. Uh, often they're afraid. Um, you know, they have Googled 
and and found out all the worst possible things that could happen. Uh, and 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 it's it's intimidating when you sit before a doctor who makes it clear that he or she doesn't have a lot of time for you. Do this, do this, do this. See you later, kind of thing. And and to see them come in. And one of the reasons that we get so many people, unsaved people, coming from the clinic to the church. People that would never come to this church otherwise, they come here and we get to watch sort of the, the, the conclusion of all that because they give their life to Christ. And uh, they often will come to me and talk about uh, the treatment that they've got, the time that you took, and how they felt important to you. Like they weren't just sort of an inconvenience uh, in your day. So I think that's really important. Sheba, uh, what you said to me one time, uh, you you'd led somebody to the Lord. And when we say that, we don't lead anybody to the Lord, but but God puts them in front of us. Uh, but I remember you saying, you know, she was so ready that I thought maybe I did something wrong. <laughs> because it was just so easy, yes. It was almost like she made you ask her. And and I say that because we don't take any credit for any of this on ourselves. It's just we're privileged to be used by the Lord in this kind of a, a setting uh, when people are hurting or when they're afraid or when they're confused. Uh, and we get a lot of that. I'll talk about that in a moment. But um, just an honor and a privilege to be able to do it. Alex, how about you? I think that the best part of being at Malta all these years is just serving alongside of my family, my brothers and sisters. They are amazing at how they uh, serve and so skilled, so wise, and um, I'm grateful to be able to serve alongside of them. I have learned and grown myself a lot as far as knowing what to say, how to say it. Um, Everything is seasoned perfectly, of course, starting with uh, our Bible study and how God just begins our day we are a well-functioning machine, as we think. We're, we're so perfect together, but that's because God has put us together. And I'm thankful every time I'm there. Uh, we laugh. We joke. We just have a good time serving. It's not a job. Ten years to me, I was saying this. I can't believe it's been ten years. And it's just been amazing because it doesn't feel like it. You know, for a, for a clinic that started... Um, with, okay, God, we're going to do it, but we don't know what to do. Um, um, the idea that we could actually be functioning as professionally as we do, um, it, it just demonstrates what, what God will do when we surrender to him. Uh, there's nobody here who thinks that we're in control of this thing. It's just, it's just okay, God, you asked us to do it. We, we've offered our bodies as living sacrifices, and then he takes care of the rest. This is so, Bruce talked about systems and procedures. That has to happen in a, in a medical environment. We've got HIPAA regulations and, and things, so there's got to be rules that apply to it. Um, you even, your people even ask me for photo ID. When I come for, I mean, you know, I get to say, hey, I started this clinic, but, but I'm, I even get asked for photo ID when I come and there's no shortcuts. The only shortcut I get to take is when Natalie makes some of her apple fritters. But other than that, it's, it's all right. Um, Peter, let me ask you this. Um, uh, I use the number uh, 90%, I don't know how accurate that is anymore. 90% of the people that come to Multimedical are from outside of our church. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. Okay. I mean, I, I just if I were to eyeball it, um, we don't have a lot of people that come from our church. Uh, you know, and when you said when people like to come to the clinic, when they walk in, they're afraid to come to the doctor. But when they walk in and they see Alan or Dave or Becky or Joanne up in the front, that softens the blow. They're smiling. They're amazing. Then they get to, um, you know, Auntie Pouring or Augustina, and these are our nurses that take the triage, or, or even before that, talking to Bruce or Alex or, or Dave. And then they walk in. They already feel comfortable. By the time they reach the dock, everyone else has done the job for me. They're not really that afraid anymore by the time they get into the, into the office. And so they're the frontline guys that take all the blows from – all the anxiety and the depression that comes in. And by the time I get them, they're ready to go. And, and so that's a, a testament to the whole team uh, as a whole. And, and I can't do this without the one sitting next to me as well as all those that are not here. There's just no way this can be done by just one person 
all by himself. So. Well, here, here's a question. Of the 90% unbelievers or, or people from outside church, they're not all unbelievers, but, right. but most are. Um, um, we have now multiplied thousands of patients. Um, we've never spent a dime on advertising. Right. I mean, we don't charge anything. Why would we spend money to get people? Every, I, I always used to laugh and say, every time somebody comes in, I'm losing money. <laughs> yeah. So, but but uh, how did the word get out? It by people. Um, when something's free, the, the community gets out. I think someone told me that the Health and Human Services Department had our card. There was someone at the Palapas that had our card. People have given out cards. There's There's a gentleman in our church named Terry who takes cards from us and goes and gives it out to people. And so our church does the work. People, our patients, uh, by hearsay, go around telling everybody where we're at. And um, and we do the best we can to get people in. We are limited in, in many ways because we have a, three providers there. You know, there's a PA, Trish is there, and Dr. Sheba's there. I'm there. Um, and it, we're not there. They're not there full-time. I'm there full-time, but... It's, there's only so much we can do, but we do the best we can with what we have. I like how Bruce has coined that phrase. So, You know, uh, Sheba Free, um, uh, when we say free clinic, immediately the picture that comes into people's minds is, is this really crowded, disorganized, um, kind of unclean place uh, where they come in and, you know, beggars can't be choosers kind of thing. Um, and yet it's just the opposite at Malta Medical. So can kind of go through what, what's the experience look like to the patient? Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, uh, um, the, the patients love the fact, I think the sometimes the most overriding thing they notice is it's clean. Um, many years ago, a patient came in and was crying because the clinic was clean, because uh, she's been to other low-income clinics that were uh, dirty and so um, that ministered to her so much as the cleanliness and so um, and so you know even though it's free we want to um, because God is ultimately our boss you know we want to do the best for our patients so we want to have a level of professionalism we want to keep all medical standards we want to keep cleanliness as if they're just attending a, a regular clinic you know so um, you know I, I get the privilege of watching Alex clean our uh, clinic on, you know, Wednesday afternoons after patient care. And then I believe Alan and whoever the other staff members are and, and God uses them, you know, to keep our clinic clean and to know that that's not in vain, that that does minister to our patients in such a strong way. And we want to, we want to give the best level of care for our patients. And you, you actually look like doctors and look like nurses <laughs> when people come in, so they're, they're, they're kind of caught off guard a little bit by that. Let me ask you this, and Alex, uh, I'll ask you. Um, you having, having been on the desk, the front desk in the past, um, do you encounter people that are suspicious or a little cynical about the, the, the whole process? Uh, you tell them it's free, no insurance, no anything. Um, how do they react to that? Normally, when they do walk in, they've already made an appointment, so they're they've been spoken to by um, us, either us or who's ever in the back doing the admin work. Uh, Bruce explaining to them what we do, how we serve. Uh, when they walk in, of course, they they still question it, like, "Is it really free? How much do I owe?" <laughs> and no, it's really free. Jesus paid it for you, and as Bruce always speaks to the patient, says, you're special, you're worth it, and is it okay if Jesus picks up the bill? And, and of course, people are just happy to know that we are covering it. Jesus is covering it. So not really suspicious, but grateful and just overwhelmed. Yeah, and, and the, the constant flow of people that we've got coming in, um, uh, how long does it take to get an appointment, Bruce? Um, de- how long it takes to get appointments has kind well, of changed. If, if somebody needs to come to the doctor and they, they stop by the office and say, I need an appointment, what's the process? Uh, the process is really a face-to-face screening uh, or a telephonic screening. The best place, uh, way to do is just give us a call. Um, many times the appointment will be same day, next day. some cases it may be up to six weeks from the actual call depends on the season and time and we trust the details to the lord 
we say yes to what we can do. Uh, we are honest and open up front with it. There are limitations. Medical needs may not be able to be accommodated with the resources that we have, and we'll educate and advise them to an urgent care clinic or to the emergency room. So the question of when is the appointment, it's in the Lord's hands. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we are adapting and rolling and asking the Lord when, where, how can it fit, and we'll do, like Dr. Peter said, the, the best we can with the resources that the Lord provides. Okay. Peter? It, it, also, it also depends on the acuity of the, of the condition. So if someone's got a cold, they'll be seen earlier than someone who's had like a backache for six weeks. Um, so that's what Bruce says, the medical needs, and uh, the we triage it to make sure it's something that if it's need to be seen priority, it gets, gets get priorities depending on that interview, face-to-face interview, or better off on the phone when they call in. So, Okay. I think we're inside one minute now, so I don't have time for, for another line of question. We've got some tough ones coming up on the other side of the break. Can so, I uh, cover a quick topic sure, very on... Quickly. When the clinic is free, we say everything within the walls, within the clinic we do is free. When we send blood work off to the lab, they like to get paid. (laughs) But they've offered an amazing discount to us, uh, to the patient, and they bill the patient directly. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the Friday show. Malta Medical is here, 340-9585. If you have any questions, please call. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of the friday show 340-9585 if you have any questions for any of the staff here that's visiting us from Malta Medical. We'd love to have them. Our toll-free number is 877-630-KSLR. Peter, during the break, you were talking about um, a free clinic. It's free to the customer. We don't charge anything. We don't take insurance. We don't do anything. But but you had a point that I wanted you to share. Yeah, so I know we say free clinic, but w- let's say you owe me $500 for something, and I let that go. I still have to foot the bill for the 500 Someone's got to pay for the 500 and it's the same thing. Um, the clinic is free, but there's a there's a congregation that's here that supports us, that's that gives out of the abundance at their heart. So someone's footing that bill. The price is paid for that clinic and for those who come in. It's the same thing with Christ. Jesus, I mean, w- we have free salvation. We get to go home to be with Jesus if we trust in him as our Savior. But he still had to foot the bill. He had to suffer the consequences of all of our sin on that cross. So when we say free, it's free for us, but someone still has to foot that bill. So. Yeah, and, and there's no value in pretending like it isn't expensive or or isn't isn't valuable. Right. Um, it, it's just that Jesus considers the people here so worthy right. that, that he's happy to foot it. And the congregation here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, all of the ministry that goes yes. through our church, a free school, free clinic, Manor House, uh, the radio programs that we do. Uh, I mean, all of this costs a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it's 100% um, footed by the congregation here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio. And we never ask them for money. We never tell them this is this is what we need now. Yeah. Uh, dig deep. We don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just God has put a very generous um, group of people together. And, and we're all thrilled to be a part of this ministry. Uh, Peter and Sheba, would you guys take just a couple of minutes and, and talk about how you came here? to Calvary Chapel, what you're, why you're in San Antonio, what your intention was when you got here, and how you sort of got hooked into, into this <laughs> 10 years later. Um, so uh, we came from New York uh, to San Antonio for residency. It's a three-year program, so we thought after three years, you know, we would go back to the Northeast, uh, but obviously God had different plans. And so um, it was in our second year, I believe, of um, residency that, um, you know, the work hours in residency, it's like about 80 hours. So um, they had us working on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, and so we were just looking for a church where they might have other services 
services. And when we Googled it, we found out that CCSA had a Friday night service. So that's how we first came um, in December of 2006. And um, what- let, me, let me interrupt, ask a question. That Friday night, the first time that you came here, mm-hmm. Did you ever look around and think, wow, this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my life? Not at all. Because <laughs> we, we just thought, we're going to sit in the back. Yeah. We're just going to get back to the basics of the Word of God. You know, we were hungry for God's Word because they had us working a lot of residency. And, and then we would just quickly leave. But what hooked us was the love. We were welcomed immediately. We felt like we were at home right away. And so we just kept coming every Friday night. And then at that point... In 2007, you had approached us to just pray about the uh, free clinic, and um, and then that's when we were trying to rationalize it, and you know, in our head. But then God reminded God's ways are higher than our ways; His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So if we're going to try and make common sense in our mind, it's not going to work because. God's economy is way higher and greater. And so um, we prayed about it. And of course, we had to wait till we graduated in 2008. And then we had to get our Texas medical license. But that's how we came here. And we always, um, when we were in medical school in Hungary, we always talked about doing medical missions. Now, we thought it would be overseas. Mm-hmm. But um, so when you had approached us about Well, from Hungary, it actually was overseas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 you know, um, we thought maybe we'd be going to third world countries like India or Africa, but the Lord put on our hearts, no, your mission work is here in San Antonio, and so it so your vision that God put on your heart lined up with the desire to do medical missions, and as we prayed about it, the Lord confirmed it in our heart, and and so that's how you know I remember like it was yesterday, when when I knew before you did that the Lord hooked you with that vision. I knew that he'd spoken to your hearts. And so I I don't go around telling people, well, do this for God or God says to do this. I don't go and do that stuff. But uh, there, there was a day when the Lord said, share the vision. Now I I share the vision of stuff during the teachings at times as well. But when I asked you to pray about it, I knew God had already hooked your heart. So it was just one of those things. Peter, what's your recollection? You, You know, you're known to do drive bys. You'll drive by and <laughs> drop things on us. And so I remember we were at that door near Annette's office and we were standing there and you would come by and says, pray about a free clinic. And that's all you said. And you walked by and I was like, kind of, who said that? I think it was. And as you were, I saw your back as you were walking away and it's a drive by and you know, and that only confirmed that we were like, we were always thinking about something like that, but how would something like that work? Um, I didn't know we didn't have the personnel, you know, when then Bruce came, Maria and Brandon used to be there in the beginning. They were also some of the guys who set up, uh, help mm-hmm. us set up. Then Alex came in the beginning and Natalie was there and, and, so, and it just, it all worked together. All we had to do was say yes. And it's oftentimes what God asks us to do in anything. Can you just say yes and watch me work? I'll come and talk to you about something. You know, none of us knew how to do it, but the Lord downloaded. I would say he downloaded the information <laughs> for each of our roles perfectly. And it runs because it's his clinic. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I think we all try to do when, when God has put something in our heart, I think of Nehemiah's virgin, uh, burden. Um, uh, he got a report from his brother that the, the exiles who'd returned to uh, Jerusalem weren't doing well. The city was not safe. And he had this burden in his heart. And, and when God asked him to do this or gave him the opportunity to do it, th- there was no conceivable way that made any sense at all. That, that there was any possible way to do it. We're a poor church. I mean, because everything is free and because we don't ask for money, um, we don't have any. I mean, I uh, wish we did, but we don't have any. And yet we, we started this with nothing. Um, a, a doctor who was my personal physician, uh, who was moving her practice from Pleasanton to mm-hmm. uh, the Abilene area in, in North Texas, um, one day she, she said, well, do you, do you think you could use any of the stuff in our doctor's office? And, um, I said, well, well what do you mean? She goes, yeah, just, uh, I said, well, let, let me have Peter and Sheba talk to you and explain what happened when so you did that. You had asked us, Dr. Violetta is going to call us and, or we're going to call her and we connected and talked. Do you need anything? We had built the clinic, but mm-hmm. there was no equipment. I think we needed about 50 something thousand dollars worth of equipment in there. And I remember thinking, how are we going to do this? If Pastor Ron says we don't have any money, 
this doesn't make any sense. But oftentimes with God, and nothing, I'm never exaggerating when I say we I don't know what you mean. <laughs> so we we called her and I asked her. She asked, "What did you need? Like trash cans or something?" And I told her, "We need everything. I don't have anything. We don't have anything." That day, she said, "Come on down and grab everything." And in one day, with you know, Terry took us with the trailer and some other people. I can't remember. And we brought back $50,000 worth of material that she just gave away. And we filled the clinic in one day. And God is like, I can do, I can do whatever yep. I, I need to do. And he started showing off from then on. And he has been showing off since then. And we need to give him a chance to, to move in our lives in, in ways like that. Uh, because none of it will ever make sense to us if we try to figure out how it's gonna how it's gonna work. Sheba, you mentioned the first half of the of the show. The, well, if it's just one person, or or if it only lasts for a little bit of time, um, um, I, I just I just picture the Lord's smile when you were thinking that, and yet He had a plan that was different. Let me ask something else, and in, in, in any of you are free to 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 answer. Um, everybody that comes in to the clinic gets prayed for. And they get Jesus shared with them. Now, we said earlier that 90% of the people, rough numbers, 90% of the people are unsaved. What kind of difficulties has that resulted in? <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect challenging question. And they hand, they hand me the mic. Yeah, N- Nicole had it. I thought she was going to answer it. So. Um, the, the, the challenges really are to evaluate and inspect ourselves um i find with me it's it's my flesh that's battling back or i'm competing with myself and and just how do i love the way jesus wants me to love how do i uh soften myself so that they can hear the voice tone the acceptance the welcoming that jesus would want to communicate that they're special. We, God says they're special. We believe God, and so we're going to treat them that way. And it's consistency, and I'm so thankful that it's been at 10 years, and there are some patients that have been here with us for 8, 9, and 10 years, and we'll continue to say yes all that we can to care for them, guide them, and share God's love again in the gospel, and and represent properly. Well, clearly, there, there's going to be people say, I don't want to be prayed for. Sheba? Yes, um, there has been a couple of times where they, uh, patients have said, no, I don't want to be prayed for. Um, I had uh, one lady who was just, no, I reject what you pray. There was one who walked out while I was praying. So, you know, those times, it, it, you know, you you know, I guess in our flesh, you know, you feel bad, but ultimately it's like, you know, because we've been going through the parable of the sower at Malta in Luke and, you know, we know that, you know, the seed is the word of God. So to know that, thank you, Lord, we can be your messengers. We can sow that seed of the word in their lives. And though right then and there, they might have rejected Christ. Um, I always pray, Lord, will you please just continue to work on their heart? Let your w- word reverberate in their heart and mind. Um, you know, I pray, God, you know, we hear that verse that God's word doesn't return void. So, Lord, use uh, uh, that what we spoke in their lives in a mighty way. And so I love that, that we can just leave the results with God. Um, because sometimes I think as human beings, we want to see immediate fruit, immediate results. But God's not... Ask, that's not what he's asking us to look for. He's just asking us to obey and, and to leave the results to him. And I know in the beginning, that's what the Lord had to teach me was it's okay. You know, there's no formula in saying the gospel. It's like the apostle Paul said, just preach the gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified simply and leave the results to the Lord. And um, I love that, that God is the author of salvation. We're not. And so it takes all the pressure and burden off of us, you know, and we can re- truly leave the results to the Lord. And it's true that I think a lot of those people who, who reject it, don't want to be prayed for, uh, unbelievers, um, they keep coming back. Uh, you know, f- there's an advantage of being free. You know, it's just, well, okay, this, but this is the price for coming here. We're going to tell you about Jesus and we're going to pray for you. And and they've got to sort of balance that with, well, if I go to a doctor, it's going to cost a lot more money. And these doctors are so caring and so loving. Peter, we've had um, an unusually high. Now, I'm, I'm saying unusually high um, 
with very limited experience. But we, we have a lot of um, homosexuals and trans people coming in. And uh, I think half the time they expect to be talked down to. Talk, talk about the experiences with that. Um, they are coming in with an expectation. They know by the time they get to the front desk that this is a Christian clinic. Most know. Uh, I think most all know. <clears throat> and when they get in there, we love on them. We don't, we don't bash them. I had one person tell me, I thought you were going to bash me. I, mean, I really, I didn't even know that would come out of someone's mouth. We don't do that. It's not professional. But we didn't. We loved on them, but we don't, we do challenge it. And it says, we don't ever want to have someone leave there comfortable in their sin. No one is comfortable in their sin when they leave there. They are loved and they Let know interrupt. that. No one is comfortable in their sin coming in there. They right. just don't know it yet. They don't know it, right. And the Lord asks us to be gentle, but at the same time to confront it. I don't like confrontation. Um, but there are times where I had the patient initiate it and tell me, do you agree with my lifestyle? And I have to tell myself in my head, oh, great. I don't want to go over this right now. <laughs> but God says you have to talk when I'm asking you to talk. And you know, I, I, all I say is this. I don't have any power to throw anybody in hell or heaven. I do know this, that you will stand before God one day and have to account for why you went against him. I don't want you to be caught red-handed in a sense. Like, I don't want you to be caught without preparation. I, I want you to be saved. And, but then they ask me, do you really believe this? Well, the next time you die and rise again, and the next time you make the sun, moon, earth, and the stars, I'll believe you. Yeah. Until then, I'm going to believe the one that's risen and walking around, you know, in our hearts. So, and you know, they'll. No one's ever gotten mad, and and I think that's the lie of the enemy that says you can never talk to them because they'll just get mad at you. That's not true. Many of them just give me a hug and leave, and they know true love when they see it in the clinic. There's not true love out there. That's not love out there when you tell them you can, you're good, everything's okay. That's not loving that person. So, and you know, I think a lot of times we Christians, and I think a lot of this is just bad teaching. Um, a lot of it is just our hopeful nature. We think, well, if I'm in the will of God, I'm doing what he's told me, then everything is going to go well, and I'm not going to make anybody angry. They're not going to come against me. But the reality is there's a, there's a real devil who is trying to always stir the pot. Um, the reality is that they called Jesus a glutton and a drunkard. Um, they, they accused him of doing the miracles he was doing by the power of the, the devil. devil. Yeah. And, and uh, why we think that we won't experience that as well always baffles me because it certainly doesn't come from our Bibles. Um, Alex, let me ask you a question. You, you deal with, with, with patients. Um, the unbelievers, how have they affected you? What's, what's your outlook on the people that come in? I've had uh, many encounters with uh, people where they, uh, like Dr. Sheba says, they'll walk out or they'll cut me off when I'm trying to tell them what we do there. We're a ministry of Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. We're a free ministry. Jesus paid for your uh, attention medical care here. So um, I get a lot of patients in the beginning telling me, well, I, I, I believe in God. I believe, I know there's Jesus, but they don't have salvation. So um, there's always that opportunity to keep sharing with them, especially if we do see them at our clinic. So I know that having been at Malta Medical so many years and what we've seen and, and what we've dealt with, that it's a real battle. We, we are armed as far as when we uh, sit down with Pastor Peter and he leads us in the Bible study. We're ready and armed to start the day. He is the one who starts us off on our day so that we can say the right things. We can answer a phone call with someone who's irate. Um, even when we have to say, sorry, our clinic is just not the right fit for you because it might be something that would need more special care. So we do have those attacks sometimes, and, and it's just when we're ready as far as our service there, and it's always with starting the day with God's word, we're able to handle those uh, patients that call and, and have those moments of, 
what do I do now? You know, and we'll encourage them. And I'll pray. And I've prayed a lot for these patients. And, of course, I've gotten they're easily can hang up on me. And I keep praying. And, mm. yeah. We've also been able to see, physically see God soften hearts. Uh, people come in with their jaws locked and their hearts so un- unreceptive, and yet we can see the Holy Spirit moving upon them, and, and that's a neat thing. Let me ask you this, Nicole. I'll ask you first. Um, the, the, the clinic navigated the COVID pandemic. Um, surely you were afraid, and not just not just you, Nicole, but all of you. Surely you were concerned that uh, being exposed to, to people with COVID, uh, especially at the first when nobody knew what COVID was, um, and yet you made the sacrifice anyway. Talk about that, Nicole. Uh, when COVID first came out, I was working at the transplant hospital, so it wasn't. It was very scary being at the transplant hospital. So coming back to Malta, uh, there was no fear. I fully trusted that the Lord was going to lead and guide in that direction and how I handled that. Um, there's oftentimes where masks are encouraged and I, I don't feel comfortable wearing a mask for those patients. Um, just so they don't have a fear in themselves walking into the clinic and they have this disease and then seeing me just being the Lord's light and you know, just them passing by. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, I know one of the things we did, and I, 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 I'll make this a short question because I don't want to speak out of turn. Um, we actually treated COVID patients Yeah. here at Calvary Chapel, mm-hmm. here at, the, at, the, at the clinic. Uh, talk about that for a little bit. Um, so we, we got a lot of patients that came in because the initial, the initial, recommendation was quarantine and when you get really sick you can come back into the hospital and from the get-go that for my wife and I did not make any sense if someone's got pneumonia you don't tell them go home and rest until you're you're almost dead and then you come back in and we'll take care of you then (laughs) I mean it just a lot of this stuff didn't make any sense Pastor Ryan I know that we're probably going to be in the minority in this when we say this but uh, there was evidence out there that there was treatments for this and we began it and we're up to, and it's not keeping a tally, just we're up to 438 patients that we treated for COVID. You know, we've lost four people, and that's not good. I mean, we've lost four, and it's heartbreaking to lose four. And typically they came uh, late, too late. Yeah, the, yes, they came late. It was already settled in. and um, but, but the fact that we began to be blocked for treating COVID, um, something's very wrong with this and uh, I, I'm sad that this is our medical system and what it has done there's a lot of deception um, I need to be careful saying this but there is a lot of wrong information out there that prevents the physician to take care of the patient individually everything was a cookie cutter protocol that we began to be told to follow and if you don't follow it then you're going against what we're supposed to do Something that whole thing did not seem right. I, this is a real virus. There was a, it's a real sickness. People died, but uh, there was other ways to to fix this. Um, yeah, and while, while losing four people, uh, four of your patients, yeah. is a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the percentage against the whole, um, you, you did a lot better than than the the hospitals the and doctors' there. offices that were out there, simply because your people recovered. Right, and. And that was science-based. It wasn't hocus-pocus medicine. This is science-based based on a lot of uh, studies that had been done. This is not just I put my thumb to the air and figure out which way the wind is blowing. It was science-based. So, but it wasn't accepted here. And did, did anybody at the clinic not get COVID? I think we've all had COVID. <laughs> I know I have. And it was just one of those things that, that I knew in, instinctively, this, we're going to have to learn to live with this. Yes. This isn't going away. Mm. Um, but we can't stop living. No. And one of the things I so admire all of you about is you were you were willing to take the risk and say, well, Jesus knew COVID was coming. So if that's the case, we still are here as ministering we, servants. And we took the risk. You know, when Jonah went against the Lord, he gets in the boat and there's a storm. Storms came because he was disobedient on that one. But the disciples got in the boat and Jesus asked them, get in, push aside. Let's go. To, let's go to the other side of the, the lake. That's obedience. And there was still a storm. 
There's going to be storms no matter what, whether it's in disobedience or in obedience. And the Lord is in it. We just have to make sure the Lord's with us when we have to navigate it. Uh, and that's that's it. This is tragic. Our, our time's gone so fast. We're inside two minutes now. Let's give Bruce the microphone. And then each of you just kind of sign off. Say, say anything that's on your heart. Uh, make it brief because we're now a little over about a minute and a half. Uh, I'm just so grateful that to be counted faithful to serve the Lord. Uh, thankful to be part of this team and to uh, have a chance tomorrow to wake up and say yes to the Lord again. You sound like the Apostle Paul there. <laughs> Nicole? Um, I am grateful that the Lord created me as his vessel to do his ministry. I never thought that I would be a phlebotomist in a free health clinic. So praise God. I'm thankful to be uh chosen to serve in this great ministry. I I can't believe that he actually picked me and um, has trained me to be a part of this awesome team. Um, and I just want to add about COVID, when it happened, a perfect love drives out all fear. So glory be to God. Sheeps? I'm thankful to the Lord that uh, I get to be a servant um, and just for Jesus dying on the cross for us, that we, we get to just be his hands and feet. And thank you to the church family who, who donates and supports Malta Medical. We are so grateful for you. And I just thank God for this ministry. Hey, Communion Sunday coming up, Peter. You've talked enough. Communion Sunday coming up here at Calvary Chapel. Go to church this weekend. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord willing, I'll be back on Monday at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.